Hi, I'm Teresa Barber, your host for the IMS Insights Podcast. Today, we'll be speaking with Dr. Wallace Bill Beisinger, the founder of WGB Advisory, an organization specializing in executive-level consulting for healthcare and technology companies. He has more than 40 years of experience in the industry, with a bachelor's in business administration, an MBA in economics and finance, and a PhD in healthcare administration. He co-authored the book, Investing in Information Technology, and also authored the book, Simple Practices Survival Guide for HIPAA and High Tech, and has published more than 100 articles on technology, healthcare information systems, and more. Dr. Beisinger has also recently started a new company to address the power management in electric vehicles. He's named inventor on two U.S. patents regarding battery issues. With the idea of self-driving cars and more electric vehicles coming onto the market, we couldn't think of a better time to discuss the state of this industry, where it is heading, and implications for commercial litigators. Dr. Beisinger, let me ask you, you know, in recent years, we've been seeing more and more um, the emergence of electric vehicles. They've been been becoming more affordable, more accessible to the general public, um, both in size and in pricing. Um, You know, we know power supplies are becoming more economical and efficient. Um, How would you say the industry, the EV industry, has evolved from a luxury concept to everyday use? What's really interesting about that is uh, when I first got into the EV industry a couple of years ago, just starting to look at it, I, I assumed that everything was high-end vehicles. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the fact is the, the largest sold um, electric vehicle in the world is the Nissan Leaf, huh. which is a subcompact car. Um, and the Nissan Leaf is, you know, is sold in, in hundreds of thousands of units have been sold throughout the world uh, we in the U.S. Uh, are, you know, about a couple hundred thousand, I think. But throughout the world, it's a bit much larger, two to three times that. Um, and and the reason for it is that, you know, it's it's a small, it was an affordable, um, and it was a minimum distance type of vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what's happened, and then and then, you, then everybody talks about Tesla, which is the higher end, you know, but that's right. a that's a very very limited market. Right. Nissan Leaf is a mass market uh, solution, and and Renault also has a very similar. Um, that's based around the Nissan Leaf uh, mass market appeal as well. So the the issue that's happening in the in the these last few years, and by the way, the EVs were introduced, you know, in the early uh, 2010s, if you will. Um, so they've been out for you know about six or seven years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Leaf specifically has the the dilemma has been the, the power pack. Um, when you look at electric electric vehicle, there's no engine. I mean, the reality is that that the battery is the engine or the battery subsystem is the engine. Mm-hmm. So over time, the battery starts degrading um, because of just the way normal batteries. I mean, same thing with batteries in your flashlight. Over time, they degrade depending on how, long, how much you use them. Even if you only go 15 or 20 or 30 miles, if you do that a lot, they're going to degrade. So at about the third or fourth year, degradation can get as low as 20% of purchased battery solution in that car. Wow. And therefore, and to replace it, whether it's a, a Tesla, that thirty-five dollars to $40,000 replacement for the battery, mm-hmm. or a Nissan Leaf, which is anywhere between eight dollars and twelve dollars to $15,000 replacement for the battery, 
this presents a scenario that most customers aren't used to. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of customers, especially in a small subcompact car, don't necessarily want to have the latest and greatest. They like what they've got and it goes far and they, they, they enjoy it. And by the way, leaf owners are very, very um, covetous of their leaf. Okay? So, so that, that has presented some scenario solutions that um, have challenged the industry. I, I think they, where I would see litigation happening is expectations for purchasing an electric vehicle. If you go purchase electric vehicle, what are they really telling you about the life of that vehicle? The fact is you don't need, you know, you replace the tires and you replace the battery in an electric vehicle. That's about it. You don't replace much else. Okay. So tires are the same price they are in, nor in the normal world. The batteries are a much different equation. And so the, the question becomes, do you want to pay, you know, engine uh, in a normal combustion engine car, you do an engine rebuild, and it's between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars. Do a rebuild. You you do that normally around two hundred thousand miles. Now, if you have to do that, let's say um, in a in a Nissan Leaf or in year three or four, which may only be you only traveled maybe fifty thousand miles, that becomes you know a a problem. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I think there are issues here that people are not prepared for. Uh, you need to look at electric vehicles as a battery and a network. That's really what runs the car, okay? Hmm. So it's a whole different paradigm than we have been used to in combustion engines. Hmm. You can't go down you know, the street to the automobile store and buy a set of spark plugs and make it work any better. It ain't going to work that way. Hmm. Therefore, it's a whole new world that people need to wrap their head around and say, is that something that it, I know it's coming, but when do I get involved? And in what scenario do I get involved? And what is going to be my economic advantage or my economic disadvantage in getting involved? And I think that there are going to be issues with regard to manufacturers um, that are going to have some whiplash from patients. I think salespeople who are selling in dealerships are going to have some issues and challenges with uh, patients, I said, with, uh, with consumers. So um, the issue is that yeah, th there are a number of things that you need to think about, and it really is a massive paradigm shift for all of our thinking around the automobile um, or any conveyance, because it's not just the automobile. We're talking about marine you know, vessels. We're talking about home energy systems. We're talking about all kinds of things in this world that mm -hmm. are going to be generating energy in a way that is totally different than today. And this is going to happen, I believe, very rapidly over the next 20 years. Uh, we're going to see a lot of changes in, in combustion engines using in, used in multiple uh, conveyances or energy um, facilities, if you will. Yeah. Interesting. Really interesting. Um, you know, another thing that you've mentioned before, you know, we hear a lot about, uh, you know, testing and use of self-driving cars, which is a fascinating topic, and the use of artificial intelligence and transportation systems. Mm -hmm. Where do you see these types of applications driving, no, no pun intended, driving the industry? Um, you know, what, what, what should commercial litigators be watching for? Yeah, you know, the, the, the driverless car is really a fascinating scenario because um, the driverless car, in my opinion, will be, or drive a driverless vehicle will be used by the commercial users of vehicles because they can predict the routes that they're going to go on. And, and predict, uh, and through AI, they can also predict 
the, you know, what to do in case there is something that's an anomaly. So AI can help in that anomaly resistance process. Um, but they're, they're going to have, you know, more fixed routes. Whereas consumers who travel for, you know, going back and forth to work is not going to be the issue. The issue is going to be when you leave your home environment and go on a trip <laughs> and, and the car becomes driverless. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean uh, when most of us who go on trips stop at will? Okay, we don't, we don't just, you know, stop, you know, on, on plan. We can stop anywhere or we can encounter things that are not necessarily controlled by an environment that that perhaps is much larger and can control in various ways, even from drones. I mean, I think a lot of driverless cars in the in the the larger scheme of things are going to be controlled by drones that are in the air that are that are mapping routes and things. But but as normal consumers, unless somebody provides a service, and somebody could, that mm -hmm. would monitor all of our casual driving away from our home of residence or away from our the business that we commute to. Uh, we're going to have problems, and there are going to be problems that are going to go back to, you know, it's just like the pharmaceutical problem. You know, they, the problem was not that I bought a bad pharmaceutical and took it and had serious problems just because the manufacturer of that. So this is all going to go all the way back to the manufacturer of the driverless vehicle is going to be up against litigation of multiple types from just the average person, not necessarily the fleet owners. Mm -hmm. um, I think the fleet owners can solve it, but I think the average person is going to have some issues with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we've we've seen a little bit of kind of public pushback around self-driving cars too. How how ripe do you think the market is today versus how ripe you think it may be in three years once the first kind of adopters are out there or the first advancers are out there? Well, and you know, Amazon just announced that they're going to be doing, doing something with that fairly soon. Um, and if anybody can control a market or influence a market, they seem to be the one that can do that. So, so I think that you know, there's a lot of skepticism uh, that the technology, in my opinion, um, and I'm not that close to it, but in my just based around where EVs are, I think the technology is not mature enough today to feel highly confident about the safety of that uh, mode of operation. I think that improve over time, but um, I, I don't think our, our highways are built for it. I don't think our roads are built for it. Um, I think we really need to do a, a better job of re-engineering the public road system to accommodate these types of vehicles and capabilities. And I'm not sure that, that Congress is up to doing that, but I think when they look at putting money together for infrastructure, one of the big infrastructure decisions should be wrapped around um, the commercialization of electric vehicles and driverless conveyances in a interstate or with intrastate um, mm. model. And mm. I'm not sure anybody's even thinking about that yet. It's like you had said before about another topic, kind of a paradigm shift. Right. Exactly, exactly. Our thanks to Dr. Beisinger for providing some really great insights into the electric vehicle industry, the emergence of litigation around power networks, and the rollout of self-driving cars. We at IMS are proud to deliver powerful insights for our clients into the world of complex commercial litigation and emerging technologies, as well as the highest quality of expert-related services. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast above so you don't miss out on future insights. If you'd like to contact our editorial team, send us an email at editor at expertservices.com. <laughs>